You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 293 of East Interest Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. I am joined by our executive video audio producer, engineer, guy that makes sure that the SD card is properly seated and plugged in and in its upright and locked position, Mr. Zach Burcham. Uh, our guest today is going so to mean today. <laughs> am I? You're savage today. <laughs> am I? Jeez. Am I? You were in that road school for too long, Jeremiah. Goodness. We gotta you locked you me. Out. You locked me in a room with engineers for two days and I passive aggressive just becomes <laughs> sure aggressive. Are. Holy hell. <laughs> I'll defend myself in a moment. <laughs> so welcome everybody. Uh, we're going to, we just did. I'm Brian minutes. Nichols, by the way. Nice to meet you. Oh, listen, you interrupt me. You don't get introduced. That's the way this is going to go. <laughs> Brian Nichols is here of the Brian Nichols Show, uh, which originates 12 feet away from our, our current You're location. You're on the wrong side of the door to be bossing people around, Brian. <laughs> this is our you, side of the house. You don't pay rent Boss for hog. this side. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We just did 20 minutes of Patreon. It was spectacular. It was fun. Today, we are actually going to be interviewing Brian because he has uh, started a new business uh, that can help a lot of other local small businesses uh, within the listening area of this program. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Zach has uh, had his heart broken by a motor racing event. Uh, so we've got a little time carved out for that for him today. Uh, this show played matchmaker for a uh, spectacular story, and we want to we cover that at the very end. So with that, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, do have to thank the folks that donate to the show uh, at $50 or more a month. You get your name at the top of the show as a massive thank you. Uh, those Huge. people are Anthony Meyer, Jonathan Phillips, and Christy Avery, our house mom, our official city council candidate and GMC dealer, uh, and Anthony Meyer, who makes America uh, run by delivering products all across the country. Okay, Zach, you you want to defend yourself. There was a small incident with Patreon. Yeah. 
which is going to be uh, requiring Dakota to do some work after after the fact to get the audio put together. What what happened, buddy? I think that's because I broke up the the normal uh, our normal pattern is for you to come grab the Esther card from me, go copy it, bring it back. And I think last week I got up and handed it to you. And you I brought it to me, and then I think I just gave it back to you. I don't, did you give it back to me? Yeah. So I don't recall if that happened or if you put it in yourself. Either way, yeah. I hit the button. I kept hitting the button. It was in there. It was not. <laughs> it was not popped out. It wasn't seated. I pressed it in, and it popped out as if it was being removed. Maybe Brian was messing around with it this week. Yeah. Can we blame him for that, too? Yeah, it was the HVAC guys. <laughs> Brian Always. Blame me. Yeah. I'm the new guy. We're just savagely blaming Brian for everything that goes even Bathroom slightly, doors messed up. Brian's fault. Wrong. Uh, well, Toilet's running. Brian's fault. SD card. Brian's fault. You're from the it's, North it's Country. It's 40 degrees in here. Brian's fault. You're, you're from the North Country. I thought... I thought you would have plumbing skills. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, I have, I have the plumbing skills. I just don't have the time. That's oh. the, that's the difference. Oh, okay. We got to find the, the time. The vacuum, you, the vacuum cleaner is still sitting. I haven't put that away yet. That's been out for a week. That's just, you know how busy I am, Jared. Come you on. Know, you know, Mrs. Nichols is only nine and a half months pregnant. I don't know why she can't help you out with some of your chores. I know. What the, the hell? Office. She's so lazy. What the heck? I'm kidding, honey. I'm entirely kidding. She's not lazy. If my butt. if the baby comes tomorrow and it's on pizza day, do you expect her to make the pizza or will you be allowed to let her dial for carry out for you? Yeah, we'll do Domino's. It'll be fine. All right. Get the gluten free. I want to see a picture of her in labor with you selfie holding a Hold piece of pizza. Smiling. Yes. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> We're having a great time. I just want to know if you're going to make her order the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you want ah, a gluten free. <laughs> Just don't trust yourself with it. It's too important. She has to make sure you get the extra cheese. She has to take care of it. Caitlin has tuned in at the perfect time to be making comments oh, and no, uh, and defending herself. Oh, I know I'm sleeping tonight. Yes. Well, so you do have a, you do have a, a household to take care of. Uh, perfect segue into you wanting to take care of the people of this community, Mr. Yes. Nichols. So you have you're here as a guest today. You've been a co-host. You've been a roommate. But there is a new business in town called the Brian Nichols Consulting Group. Sure, <laughs> Brian Nichols Consulting, but close enough. Brian Brian Nichols Consulting Team and Associates, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Just don't station, call me late for dinner. That's all I ask. Ice Station Zebra Associates. All right. So what what are you guys doing? What's uh what services will you be offering the community? And how uh, how can people learn more? Yeah. So to start out, I moved here in January of 2022. And my first year here was learning. I wanted to figure out not just what value businesses ha- were bringing to the table here in, in Newcastle, but also where we were having issues and not getting that value across the consumer. So... One of the things I'm looking to do is to help business owners, but also to help sales teams as they're trying to improve their bottom line, improve their sales, but also help expand their their outreach to improve their messaging so we can have a more, I'd say bringing the the value that you're already bringing to the table, but helping people see it easier and, and actually helping you get something in return for all the hard work people are doing. So it's not necessarily a marketing side, but it is targeting individual businesses that that can that, that can find easy improvements absolutely but it's and this is the other part too is that it's not 
it's not for you know one specific type of business or industry for that matter. Um, yeah, I always make the the comparison. You know, everything is sales. You know, whether you're selling yourself an idea, a product, a service. So when we're going through and we're trying to articulate what it is that we're bringing to the table in the value, more often than not, one of the main problems I see, and this is in my day job helping teach people with sales and, and such, is that we talk way too much about the uh, the features, the benefits, the, the cool stuff that we get excited about and that we think differentiates our product or our service versus understanding what is the problem that we are trying to help solve? Yeah. What goal are we trying to help accomplish? And then to reverse engineer. Because I've seen far too often... You, you'll have like this verbal vomit of just spewing facts, figures, information, and it's irrelevant because yeah. what at the end of the day that people want to hear is I have a problem. You understand that problem and you're going to help me fix it. Yeah, you're going to you've got to create value. You could have the greatest widget out there, whatever, but I don't need it. Exactly. And we have, talk about this in politics, too. You can't good idea people to death because it doesn't mean anything unless there's the actual attachment to the problem that you're trying to solve. So what kind of example solutions do you think you could bring in not not targeting any specific business but you say hey i'm looking at a at a group that maybe has you know 10 or 12 employees and you know maybe how would you look at them and say here's here's the kind of areas we could improve well first i would want to sit down with whoever you know business owner sales leader and understand what their goals are right because y- you want to make sure that you as a business or you as a team your vision for what success is actually equals what your customer is going to view as success as well. So to be able to make sure that there is kind of that mesh of you're bringing value, they are receiving value. Where's that intersection, right? So I would say, especially right now, you know, we are at the the beginning of very uncertain economic time, times. Um, you know, we just watched, I think two of the three largest banks collapse since 2008. And it's going to get worse. So that means a lot of companies are going to start pulling in. They're, they're not going to be spending as much money in marketing or advertising, which means the, 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 the days of easy outreach are over, at least for now. So that means that any business has to be more effective in what they're doing right now. But also we have to start thinking of different ways to start reaching out to the customers. So Instead of the traditional spray and pray, let's buy some billboards, let's toss some stuff in a newspaper, let's put some ads on Facebook and hope and pray that that will work. And I'm sorry, hope and pray is not a strategy for any business. We want to go about and really start to think almost like uh, if you were imagine uh, a military, right? Like you, you want to do guerrilla warfare in this perspective because we don't have the numbers to, to line up and face the big, the big battle. So we have to use, use our skills differently, more effectively, but more co- covertly. So trying to figure out, okay, who you know, are we targeting the right customers? You know, are we going out too large of an appeal? Do we have the right value proposition that we're bringing to the market? So, there's a lot of different areas that we can go through and I'm sitting down with business owners trying to figure out where you're already having success and where we can maybe have some more opportunity and try to figure out how can we verbalize things or effectively frame things in a way that's going to bring that value, not just so you can see it, but so the customer sees it as well. So are we talking 
even side hustle businesses? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any business and actually right now, especially at the, the beginning of a recession, you're, you're going to see across the board an increase in side hustles. And, and that's a, a direct Im- impact of people looking for just added income to help tie up, you know, the, the loose areas in, in the budgets. So with that, that's going to turn in a whole different marketplace of people who, I mean, engineers, uh, Whatever. I mean, think think of just your average person who maybe doesn't have the type of sales skills that somebody in a sales profession would. Now, all of a sudden, having to do sales because when you are the entrepreneur, you are the owner of your side hustle. You're doing all of that. Everything exactly. You're the marketing. You're the the accounting. You are the sales. So, being able to help people who maybe that hasn't been their language figure out what is the best way to communicate your value. So as an example, maybe everybody that drops into Popped over here might have, might want to have their ears open, right? Across Absolutely. The street where they Absolutely. have they have a weekend a weekend sale. Um and any level of business essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Storefronts, and virtual, across it, the board. It's service, products, whatever it may be that you are bringing to the table. Everybody at the end of the day is either selling or buying something. So to be able to articulate that in a way that actually it, it resonates with your buyer. But this is the other thing too, is finding, finding areas that maybe you didn't think that you're helping. Um, I mean, like if, if you, do you know the story of Vaseline where, where Vaseline came from? Uh, was, was Vaseline developed for, for, uh, war, warfare? No, it was, it was designed for, for cows. It was designed for their udders. Bag bomb. Mm-hmm. And, and it turned into what we use today for Vaseline. But what that, that was, a change in the application. So it's not a matter of you having to come out with a brand new product or a brand new service to meet a new time, but also looking at the things you're already doing and trying to figure out, can this go towards a different market? Are there people out there who could use this service in a different way that maybe we're not thinking of? And that actually goes to one of the main issues I see across the board with business owners and and sales folks is that they don't listen to their customer. They have a preconceived notion of what their customer will want, what their customer will need. I found, though, the best way to learn that is to actually ask your customer. Um, and, and I would say, you know, pick some customers you have right now. This is to any business owner out there. Go sit down with them. Don't try to sell anything. Go go grab some lunch and just ask them why they're your customer. What do they like about your product? Why, why are, are you they, picking me? Exactly. What, why why my service? What What value are you getting from it? And then also, where do you think we can do better? Because in, in this time frame right now, with, with all the question marks around, you're, you're going to see folks starting to batten down the hatches, right? They're, they're going to want to maintain and retain the business that they have existing. And you're going to see a slower growth of new sales. So when you were talking about going towards your existing base of customers, you want to find other problems that they're facing. And if there are ways that you can already help solve those problems with what you're doing now, that don't cost any extra effort. And that's stuff, you know, when we sit down and go through, we'll dig into that, you know, in detail with, with what your customers are currently doing, what they're experiencing, and how we can maybe solve some more of those problems. Yeah. So immediately what I think of is, okay, you were talking about the spray and tip prey technique, and it's just bring more customers in the door. Yep. But you're, what you're advocating is almost trying to see around the corner and see, hey, we're doing this one thing for a customer, but what are the five or six other things that we can do for them? What are the other ways we can expand and not have to 
not have to go find new leads. Yes. But to but to continue. Here's, to here's a, a perfect example. Everybody's familiar. Hold up that was that no, you don't have a pixel, just kidding. Um yeah, and I have an Android. So if anybody here has an iPhone, when the iPhone came out, the iPhone Oh don't worry, I have both. Oh you have both. Okay, yeah, there's, there's your iPhone. There's your iPhone. Yeah, there, there's your iPhone, right? So when when Steve Jobs brought the iPhone to the table as a as a new solution, phones existed, cell phones existed, but the iPhone was different. Because what the iPhone did was all of a sudden he said, "Let's gonna we're gonna have applications on this this phone. We're gonna have our our i our Windows you know uh, I, our iTunes excuse me uh, podcasts. You're gonna have movie uh, features on there. Access the Cal- internet, pictures exactly. All and all this sounded so extra. Nobody would need that in your pocket. And yet, by hearing from his customers that that would be value, there would be." A, a reason for them to find not just value, but also to help them solve problems. Maybe they were out and about and they wanted to capture those memories, but also share those memories in real time. Well, now this allowed them the opportunity to do that, but it wasn't by trying to just sell them a new phone. It was pro- taking the phone that they had, refining it and figuring out what can we do with this phone to help meet other areas based on the uncertainty. Because when you have, when you have a situation where we're going into economic turmoil, it's – I, I go back to you can't go out and just try to, to spam new customers because everybody's pulling back. So you have to up the value game like 10x because everybody else is also upping the value game just by the sheer nature that you have to in order to survive. Are we are we crying wolf on how bad the economy is yet? I'm not willing to admit it yet, Brian. It's bad. It's and it's going to really? get worse. I'm, so I'm, I'm not willing to admit that we have a problem yet. So start with SVB as kind of the this is the Silicon Valley Bank the, the that big, failed a week ago. Yes, the big bank. So that bank, when it failed, it impacted companies down down the road, right? So like Etsy, BuzzFeed, all these companies that all of a sudden weren't able to put payroll out or to do do whatever they're investing that they were going to be doing. And that alone, when you have that one domino effect, we saw this with the COVID pandemic. Right. But they're all of their all of their deposits were ultimately backed by the government. But, but, the that, but that's the problem is that that's going to lead to more of the. So the reason we're having the problem right now is because the way the government resolved air quotes, the problem in 2008. The reason that we had the 2008 problem was because the way the government resolved the housing issues in the, in the past. So you, you see this constant, we're, we're moving, you know, one pile to over here only to move in another pile, right? And it's, it's just, it's, it's shuffling the decks in the Titanic. We, we have a fundamental problem with the way that we have fractional reserve banking here in, a, in our country, which just basically means as your money goes into a bank, it's not your money. It's the bank's money. And then the bank goes and they will put your money to different areas that they see fit. Now, when you come over to the bank, you say, can I have my money out, please? They, they will give it to you. But what if everybody comes and asks for the money at once? And that's what was happening with the beginning of the SVB collapse was a lot of these investors started to see the writing on the wall. This money that you know has been so free as has been pa- passed down by our Federal Reserve with right. 0% interest rates, all of a sudden that free liquid cash was drying up. So now all of a sudden people started to get nervous. So, well, we need to get our, our, our physical cash out. So we have something tangible right. and, and in having more people have that mentality that itself exacerbates the problem. It creates a run on the bank, but that particular bank was invested in very different ways than 
our local banks here. Here oh, necessarily are, but and, right well, because, and, because yes. of the, the nature of they were they were a venture capitalist. Mm-hmm. It, it but was a lot just, of that other, was where they turn so their money. A lot of other banks, though, more your more regional banks, they're all connected. They're all tied together, and that leads to a lot of the problems. Is that they? This is in. I don't mean to go into a whole conversation about ESG because that's a whole different conversation. That's the, your uh, environmental, societal, and governance factors that these large venture capital and banks have really been focusing on spending their resources, and that alone, in not allowing that misallocation of funds to then actually hurt the bank. So what should have happened, SVB should have crashed and been allowed to crash. Allow some other, you know, uh, some other capital firm to come in and buy up those assets, right? And then to to push forward the the deposits for the the people who had their their money there. But SVB would no longer exist. But instead, you have the government who's looking at this wounded animal and now they're going to go over. Did you ever watch American Dad? Where there's one episode where the, the dog dies and they like try to make the dog a zombie dog to make it so it lives a little bit longer. But it's a zombie dog. It's not living a good life. Right. The but, dog should have been allowed to die. And the same thing is true with the banks because when you continue to push the same problems that caused the problem in the first place, it will only exacerbate the problem in the future when it will happen again. The understanding I have on this, and I, you probably are more well-read than I am because I'm been off at road school for, for all week <laughs> hanging out with the nerds <laughs> well they they just want a major basketball game down there at princeton uh i was under the impression that the only people that got any money back were the folks that had money on deposit all of the the ownership all of the all of the stocks are worth zero so all of the actual owners of svb and the and the management team is shit out of luck but the company but the people, exists still but the people that had money on deposit are are getting their deposits back Yes, but that actually goes to part of the problem, right? Is that with government insuring those deposits, even though they were outside of the scope of being insured by the FDIC, you're now allowing that negative consequence to go almost unchecked on the behest of the, the depositors. Because when you're putting your money in a bank, you are in turn investing into that bank to use your funds in a smart and, and effective manner. What when the government is saying, well, this is really, really bad, and we can't have this all happen, and we're going to eliminate that risk. Now you're actually incentivizing the bad behavior in the future. All right. So these are the storm clouds that are out there for for a local business. Owner. Yes. Uh, I still contend that if you've got your cash at Star Bank, First Financial Bank, Perfect Circle Credit Union, that's that's much more local. Much here. better. Yes. You're probably not involved in the in the if there's an entire economic collapse yeah you may get tagged but i don't think that your your investments at perfect circle are are necessarily and you're gonna going, feel the going pain to venture capital yeah, you'll feel the pain but it might not be the the devastating that svb was so so these are the storm clouds that are out there but it is causing people to retract a little bit and get nervous about making major purchases interest rates go up things are more expensive hiring hiring new people is more expensive no yep. matter where you are money money does cost more money than it did yes. two years ago three years ago and the things you can buy cost more. Inflation yes. has gone up. So there are many headwinds in the economy. I'm not quite to the point, Brian, is I don't think of saying that we are done tomorrow. Well, I'm, not, but, I'm not saying that either. Right. I'm saying there are absolutely major red flags in our financial system that have been completely ignored, especially over the past three years. Now, this this you know just printing money out of thin, thin air like our Federal Reserve does is – it is the reason that we are experiencing the pain we have right now because this has been the mentality that the the Federal Reserve 
has an endless supply of money from the magic money tree. And it doesn't. And and we are now seeing the inflation hit us even harder. I think the last numbers were 6% versus February of last year, higher than it was supposed to be at 2%. So the fact that goods are now 6% higher than they were last year, and it's only going to be increasing despite the Fed trying to cut back by raising these interest rates, what does that do? Well, if the interest rates are, are being raised, all of a sudden that, that capital is not going to be invested because you're not sure if you're going to be able to get the return. So now what's going to happen is you're going to have oodles of cash, I mean literally trillions of dollars in cash sitting on the sidelines not being invested. And that's one of the worst case scenarios because the money's not gone. The money's still there. It's, it's just it's just sitting. Exactly. Because you have you don't well I mean it, it, you could argue both ways right you you could say okay yes I I don't want to invest it because I don't trust that if something goes horribly wrong somebody's going to cover my ass and that's what the FDIC coverance does the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars whatever it is for individual depositors but I think Roku had like two hundred and fifty million dollars correct in, right yeah so it would be devastating completely destroy a company and its entire org chart and everybody that works for it and all of the subscribers because you know the local bank that they chose to go with went out of business. All right. So let's, let's talk, let's dial back down to the, the individual business owner, the folks that are looking for strategies and things to take away to help grow their business. Yep. A Facebook ad, anybody can buy a Facebook ad and that's more of that spray and pray technique, but it sounds like you're tar- talking about developing relationships with your customers, getting out, seeing them face to face, picking up the phone, having emails, and truly doing that individual contact sales strategy. That's part of it, but also the the Facebook strategy exists, but you want to know who you're talking to first. And the, that's why the talking to your customers or those who you think will be your customers is so important because you want to figure out who's your ideal customer persona, that ICP. What what do they care about? What, what do they love? ICP is something totally different when Jesse Riddle's here. <laughs> what do they hate? What is it? Is it the insane bad? clown posse? Oh, okay. Well, no clowns here. Um, just your customers. So, what do they hate? What do they love? What are they afraid about? What keeps them up at night? Um, you know, all all that stuff you want to figure out, and then when you have that idea of who that ICP is, Bob. Let's call him Bob. Once you know who Bob is, everything that you do so in you terms of him, you might need to call him Robert. I mean, it's formal. Robert, he's sure. We'll, we'll go with Robert. Yeah. Right. So Robert, Robert. Um, you want Robert to be the the focal point of everything you do from your messaging, from your marketing, and when you're sitting down and talking to your customer, to imagine that being Bob. And you want to speak to those those you know fears, those desires. Yes. From Robert to Bob, the Brian Nichols story. Oh Lord. Sure thing, Jer. <laughs> you messed up the bathroom too. That's what he was here. <laughs> oh Bob. Um but anyways that that is exactly where so many businesses miss the boat. They, they think, well, I have a good product and I just need people to hear about it, right? So the, their first gut is like, let me go get a billboard or let me just go buy a newspaper ad. But You know, we had a dentist in this town that had a billboard for years that said, got teeth? Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like everybody else in the world. Got well, teeth. I well, mean. Most people. Most people. I'm going to let Zach you? finish the joke. Just, just follow the news trucks when they show up to town. They find the people with no teeth every time. You just need to there you hang around a little bit longer. Muncie and Anderson, most. But yeah. yes, um, know, know who Bob is. Know who Robert is. And you want to make sure that your messaging, it it goes after 
that robber. So when you're using Facebook ads, right, you don't want to – so let's just say you're uh, – I don't know. Give me an industry. Auto shop. Okay, you're an auto shop. Instead of just saying, you know, uh, Bill's Auto Shop, best auto shop in town, right? Let's say you know that your average customer that you've talked to, they go to your auto shop at Bill's because they trust you. Why do they trust you versus other people? Well, maybe other people have not done a good job at fixing their car or they've done something where they've, you know, they misled them, they've upcharged them, and, and they don't feel that when they go to other auto shops that they're getting the, the most value or that they can trust that person. So I hear that and I say, okay, well, I, my customer doesn't care about so much that I'm the best auto shop. They care that they trust me. So when I'm reflecting my messaging, I want to make sure I'm focusing on my customers trust me and here's why versus we have the fastest turnaround time. We have the best mechanics that will become white noise. You're because not selling the cheapest product. Right. In that. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, and even if you were, you're not focusing on the cheap. That just might be a value add at the end, saying, "Hey, and we also happen to be the best, you know, price in town." But your main driver is the trust factor, and and that's yeah, that's across the board. You want to figure out what is that main thing that people go to you for, and why is it? And that why is the the important thing you want to focus most most of your your efforts on. I'm excited that you're going to get to do this in, in our town. You, Brian's been working here professionally, but nobody knows it. Uh, you've been <laughs> head down. You've been, you've been holed up 70 hours a week working here as a, uh, uh, a regional uh, 10, 12, 14 state sales guy. Uh, so now we've got the opportunity for you to, in a community that you've made your own, uh, start to have an impact on, on local businesses and mm-hmm. local community. That's the vision, man. And I, I, by the way, I, I love it here. Like I've been here for a year and a half now with my wife, Caitlin, and, we're expecting our first little girl, uh, ETA, like any time now. So excited. And, and, yeah, we're Meredith. pumped. <laughs> Baby Meredith. That's right. Meredith Palmer Nichols. And um, like the fact that I get to see my family, my, my, my future be here, that's exciting for me. But with that, I want there to be a successful Newcastle for that future to grow up in. You're going to have to buy her a Chrysler. You just need to know that. Noted. <laughs> the Kia just doesn't make it. No, I no. mean... Uh, Honestly, the best, I don't know what you think, a Plymouth Neon? What do you think is the ultimate Newcastle kids car? Oh. I, I know it's going to be like 16 years, but you got to find the ultimate Newcastle kids car. Wow. Oh, Caravan. Dodge Damn. Caravan? <laughs> yeah. A, a Grand Voyager? Oh, I had yeah. that when I was growing up. I actually, I had, so we had the Grand Caravan, and then when I got my first car, it was a 2000 Town & Country. Whoo! Well, 249,900 miles on You were bred to come here. You, you find a woody one. Find an old woody caravan. I think it had some wood. It, wait, no, it was the paneling in the inside, not on the outside. Oh, did, yeah. All my time, and you've had a Mopar product your entire driving career. Yeah. But I have only had one. I, I've had, I had a Dodge Intrepid in high school. Well, not a good example. And that's the only, it was the new Dodge, okay? It was yeah. cab forward design. A 93 Intrepid, the OG Intrepid. And she tried trading after two years. I think they want to give her like $3,500 or something like that. <laughs> after like it did not, it held its value yeah, about like wet toilet paper. It wasn't good, but yeah, well, they was, looked cool at the time, think, though. They looked fine. And they were cheap enough. I mean, it's the only way I was able to have one because they, yeah. they dropped like a absolute stone in, the, in a lake. They looked really <laughs> cool in the TV show Viper. The police show where all the cars were Dodges. <laughs> Everything was a Dodge. Once again, every car in eighties and nineties was sold three different ways, Brian. And I know I'm taking us off track this time. But maybe some car dealers are out there and listening. Uh it was the Eagle Vision. Yeah. It was the Chrysler Concord and it was the Dodge Intrepid. 
I love that you know that. Oh, you knew all the tiers. G- like GM does it. GM still does it to an amazing degree. Well, yeah. Oh, G- yeah, GM has has created. I can't explain Eagle as a brand even now. Looking back, I can explain them as a football team. I would champions, um, in, but not as good. I would Eagle. I would equate to Pontiac, like the sportyish brand. Yeah, because they had like the Talon, the Talon, and the Vision were all they really had. They were essentially just leftover from AMC. So that's yeah. how Chrysler got uh, got a hold of Jeep. And they they got Matador, the Matador and they got the Eagle, and then Man, they sadly ran, they, they just ran killed with it all Jeep, away. They, <laughs> I mean, they ran like hell with Jeep. Still are. This has been your Newcastle History Hour on Boss Hogger Liberty. We I learned about the Doughboy and the Patreon. You missed out. Oh, on that, that was folks. even before Patreon. Oh, that's right. It was. That was just explaining <laughs> Newcastle history that was to just Brian. Life. <laughs> that was just off air topic of the day. Does anything happen when it's not being recorded? Was it real life? I don't know. I don't either. Half my life is recorded behind had, that door over there. I figured so. you had this place bugged twenty four seven just in case something interesting happened. Uh, you, I wish I should. No, that's weird. All right, let me check the notes that Dakota planned for <laughs> I us. Say thanks, Dakota, on the show he was unable good. to attend. Uh, what else did he want to know from you? I, I, I know how do you, he was. How do you craft a sales pitch? How do you craft a sales pitch? I mean, we kind of covered that a little bit. Like, um, it comes down to understanding who your customer is. Yeah, you, you, you the, learn what they want. Yes. Before but, before you just word vomit them. Yeah, and and this is the other thing too. Oh man, okay, here we'll do, we'll turn this into a little bit of prospecting one on one. One thing I cannot stand is uh, all right. So sell, sell Zach that pencil. Oh, okay, that's also I hate that too because that whole <laughs> argument. So we'll start there. The whole thing of like sell me this pen is like you want to understand the reasonings why the person wants the pen. You don't want to sell them like oh it's an orange pen. It's the best pen. It's like Zach, do you use pens? No, I'm a pencil guy. Okay, then I'm not going to sell you this pen. <laughs> like that, That's the answer, right? Oh, good. You can upsell him to an Android now. <laughs> or I can get him one of those like forever pens. Oh, that he, is likes a pencil. The t- he likes to type. Um, but like going back to the sales pitch is that you're not trying to just push the product, right? And I've seen this a million times. I get on LinkedIn and I'll have someone cold uh, email me and they'll be like, Brian, my company does this, this, and this. Your company does this. I think we should meet. Great. Great. Yeah. Versus, hey, hey, Bob. Robert. I, <laughs> Robert. Robert. Hey, now. Robert. Thank you. Love what you're doing over at ABC Corporation. By the way, I was just working with John's something company over on Fifth Street. And what we did for them. I can't. I can't hear you. Could you speak loud, Butlicker? <laughs> Our prices have never been lower. <laughs> Slim the table. <laughs> now you listen to me. I can't yeah. built this country. Um, no, so you you have to instead. I really hope your wife is still listening. I hope so too. She'll appreciate it. Um, but you have to instead tell a story, right? Like, hey, hey, Bob. You know, I was just working with a Bill's Tire Shop over on Fifth, and what we did for them. I sat down. We walked through specifically what he was looking to accomplish with new sales goals. And we actually increased his uh, turnaround by two hundred fifty percent. Love to see if we could do the same for you. Would you be open to having a quick conversation next week? Yeah. And, and that's a different thing than saying, my company sells this. I think it's a good fit. That's great. I don't. I want to hear why. And that's, you have to know what they're, what, what's going on in their world. Enter into the conversation that your customer is already having in their own mind with the answer for them. That's when you're going to have the most success. Yeah. You're, you're trying to qualify them and not qualify as in, are you good enough to work with me or can right. you afford what I have? You're trying to ask questions that tell you or help you understand 
what it is that they need so that you can determine if you have something to offer them. And if you don't, walk away. Like yeah. to the point of the sell me this pen, if Zach doesn't like using pens, I'm not going to sell him the pen. Now I could sell him a pencil or a mechanical pencil or a paintbrush, but I'm not going to sell him the pen because he made it explicitly clear he does not want to use a pen. So think about what does the pen solve? What does it accomplish? Why would somebody want to use a pen? Maybe they want to use a pen because it's more definite versus a pencil. You erase your mistakes. So knowing that and knowing your product too also is super important, but knowing how it helps solve the problem of the person you're talking to, that's where you're trying to end up. Dwight Shute would buy the pen so that he could do a uh, do an emergency trake. Oh, 100%. You'd yeah. pop this out. Pop it out. Yeah, yep. right, right, right in. in. Right, right in the, right the in. Throw. It's a life-saving device. Yep. It's a complete our office trilogy today. Uh, Brian just keeps <laughs> dragging Pennsylvania into this. I got you. All right. Is there anything else that we need to know about Brian Nichols Consulting? And do they have a future in Indiana sponsoring race cars? Oh, if they do, well, you tell me. We'll have to wait a little bit till I get some revenue under my belt. But, um, yes, we... For Brian Nichols Consulting, um, if, if you are interested in learning more, email me, brian at briannicholsconsulting.com. Website is should be done hopefully in the next week or so. Uh, waiting on my guy to get back to me. How do I, I have a website guy, and he's just taking his time. Um, it's like he has a family or something. And I, I'm not, I'm not that petty. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> that's a joke folks. Uh, but no, I, uh, I'm really excited to, to bring this to Newcastle. I'm excited to bring this to the greater, you know, greater indie like area. Like I, I think this is something, you know, as I, I enter into Indiana, I just feel like I can really bring a different way of doing some things and hopefully it will help with a positive impact. And I, I so I, I'll go back to, I had a guy I used to work with when I was over at Gold's gym. He was a former, okay, he was the reptile wrangler for the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. And um, I don't know how. When, it, when, they, when they renamed, did he have to go to the World Wildlife Federation instead? <laughs> did, they, did they get him in the trademark name? You, you would have swore to God he was like a caveman. He had <laughs> hair down to his butt, um, jacked. I mean, the guy was a personal trainer, jacked. And, uh, but he had one, one quote and it always kind of stuck with me. He's like, Brian, you always want to enter into a, a spot in life and it, People know that you're a money maker, not a money taker. And, and that really like hit me. And when I moved to Indian, Indiana and specifically here in Newcastle, that was something I wanted the community to know is that like, I'm not here to, to, you know, bring, bring the Philly values and try to like mooch on the area. Like I want to bring what I know is the good values that Newcastle already has and the value that Newcastle already is bringing to the table, but like exemplify it and help make it shine. And I walk, you know, everybody probably sees me walk here throughout uh, the day. I, I work right here on Race Street and I will walk up to the courthouse and around the block and just being able to kind of look at the different areas and, and to the different businesses and just see opportunity, see so much uh, uh, where this, this community can grow and where it already is growing. I mean, there's a reason my wife and I are here. There's a reason we're going to be here and grow our family here. There's a reason that so many people call Newcastle home. And I think it's not on us to try and like, you know, air quote, fix things in Newcastle, but more so bring the value we already are bringing to the table and just shine more light on it and, and really exemplify it more. Awesome. Well, I, I know we're better off to have you here already, and it's going to continue Jer. to get better and better and better. Good people bring uh, out the good people, Jer. Plus, I've been tracking on my punch card of the number of people and souls I brought to Newcastle. And since you've multiplied, I believe I have just enough to go down to uh, on my punch card. That was the last one I needed to complete the Subway sandwich of six that I brought to town. Mm. Uh, actually, it's, it's like seven or eight now. Qualified for a tax abatement, yeah. And I think I think I can go down, and Corey Murphy's supposed to get my pool abated. 
uh, as an economic development. There you go. Site. It probably won't work out, but I really, I'd like to, I'd like to continue through. I've got a list of names of people I brought to this town. Sure, you do. Through, I do. Got a list. Oh yeah, you got to keep a list, Brian. <laughs> and baby Meredith is the the cherry on top. For for folks who do not understand, <laughs> my daughter's name is not Meredith. Um, it not will yet. not be Meredith. <laughs> it is an office joke. <laughs> no Meredith Palmer Nichols here. What are your What are your cats' names? Moe's and Astrid. All right. Also, the you office. used all the good kids' names up on the cats. So now well, we so we have an outdoor cat um, that's not our cat. It's our neighbor's cat. My wife has uh, affectionately named it Lionel because in the office there is one uh, joke where Aaron says, "I don't even know your name. What is it, Lionel Frankenstein?" And <laughs> she's talking to Andy, and then this cat outside has like seven toes, like a little Frankenstein. So his name is Lionel, and that's how our our brains work. <laughs> that's called logic for us. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Zach. There. You you were having a nice nice spring, and then a motor race controversy happened, and you have randomly been messaging me for a week about it. Our our favorite IMSA slash IndyCar team we've talked about many many times has a dark cloud among them. Meyer Shank Racing and Michael Shank, the uh, the founder of the team, uh, have had a massive penalty come about from their yeah. win at the Rolex Twenty Four of Daytona. This is the team that. Aaron Ewart, you know Aaron. Ewart. I know Aaron. Yes, Aaron self invited himself to your home to play board games with us. On it was a blast on couples it was great date having Aaron just, over. just a week ago. Aaron uh, and Mike Shank are both major Bushlight aficionados. Mm. When Mike Shank won the Indianapolis 500 in 2021, I'm Ron Burgundy. 2021 with Elio yeah. Castroneves, he cracked open a Bushlight on the yard of bricks and drank it. So later that summer, Aaron brought a can of bush light illegally into the garage area, had one of the drivers go fetch Michael Shank out of the hauler, and Michael signed a can of bush light to Aaron to celebrate this win. So he is a, we are big fans of him on the wall network. So great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron but it, so his team has now won three Rolex 24s in a row. Yeah. However, air quotes, there's, there's a controversy. So Zach is going to be the racing technical expert to explain what has gone horribly wrong with the Meyer Shank Acura uh, Sirius XM so short AutoNation? Un- yeah, so short as untechnical as possible. They may they are required by their sanctioning body to maintain a, a certain minimum tire pressure. Um, kind of oh, bo- is it Tom Brady Deflate Gate? Oh, this is a, de- yeah. this is a, de- yeah. this is a Deflate Gate story. In part- Dude, a couple years ago, they had, I think it was 2020, they had some like massive tire issues. Like, I think Wayne Taylor just didn't finish the race one year. They just parked their car because they're blowing so many tires. Because if you're familiar with the Rolex, it's got like a little bit of a road section in the middle, but they run almost the entire oval. The two and a half miles high, around Which is this high banked <laughs> oval, which is, you know, the cup cars, when they were unrestricted, were running like well over 200 miles an hour around there. So they have to kind of mix it up. So they're, Everything's got you know, a million sensors on these cars. Their tire pressure sensors uh, information is being broadcast to IMSA. So IMSA can check the tire pressures at the uh, event. They or somebody on their team programmed their tire sensors to be to give an indexed pressure. So I don't know what it was. So if it was 25, it would say it's 30. Yes. So it would automatically take the pressure that was in the tire and add a certain amount to it so that they could then run lower than illegal tire pressure. Um, that came out. Honda actually caught it when they were probably analyzing their own data. Honda's uh, who builds the car is their engine provider. 
Um, and they turned them in and they turned them in and said, we are not happy that a team that we affiliate with did this. So they took away their points uh, or most of the points, 200 to 350 points, took away all of their winnings. Um, but l- let them keep the win and let them keep the Rolexes. But they have indefinitely suspended the guy who they believe is responsible. Um, and I think that Michael Shanks on a, uh, the owner is on, is, He's on uh, double secret probation. Yeah, he's on double secret Public probation. probation. Brian, on your Instagram, I just sent you a a, a link to the IndyCar memes account. Ooh. Uh, oh. which has which has some spectacular uh memes uh surrounding this. And I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have you review them and see if you so, understand the reference. So this came up, it was I was like bummed because we talked Michael Shanks a cool guy. He's a he's a racing is his business. Um, he's the blue collar. He's a blue collar guy. Yeah. Like people <laughs> keep, he had the, the, I got that reference, the bar near the, uh, near a shop that everybody thought you should <laughs> go by. And they're like, well, maybe he didn't know or whatever. So then, um, Hinch and Rossi's podcast off track, they go into this. Uh, yeah, I listened to it today and they, they describe how big of a deal this really was. And they say that they're basically allowed to have one gimme during the race where their tire pressures can be low because they're obviously adjusting for weather. It's a 24 hour race. And he says, it's a half a second a lap that this advantage can be had with these tires. And they said, we accidentally, or Wayne Taylor had one stint where their tire pressures were a little bit too low. You were essentially allowed one mulligan. One mulligan. They said, Hey guys, check your pressures again. Cause it's January in Florida. Yeah. They might have. Yeah. They, a lot of times if you don't, if you're not a race, they, I'm not sure if IMS is different, but like, um, the tire manufacturer is who for, for IndyCar, Firestone mounts all the tires. And so then they get, they just send, you watch the guy and there'll be a guy pushing carts and carts of tires. So the, all these tires might have been inflated six, eight hours before and they're pulling them. And if, unless some guy's just sitting there saying, well, the ambient temperatures dropped, you got a tire that's a little bit low. They went from fourth to first in the one stint that their tires were a little bit low. And then Nims is like, Hey, fix that. And then they went back to normal. Um, so you, it, it, and that's it's theoretically a huge, it, a, an hour and a half or two hours yeah. versus so it's a huge, this team do, getting to do it for 24 hours. For 24 hours. And for this race, they tracked the fastest laps of the race, 24 hour race. All 10 of them were by this one car and one driver. Hmm. Earl, I think it was Earl Bamber had all of all 10 of them for the entire, like just one guy and like, and they're like, you know what? That's, that it is shouldn't weird. Happen. It shouldn't happen because it was the first year of the car. There's multiple teams with this car. Um, and so, yeah, by the time they got done talking about this, I'm like, this is rough. Like that they should just, if, even if they didn't get the wind taken away from them, if I were the drivers and stuff, I'd hand them over. I'd give the watches back. We, we didn't earn this. See, Brian, Brian, I, I sent oh. over the IndyCar memes thing, and it is full of t- deflate. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady, oh, Bill yeah. Belichick, yeah. It's Elio Castroneves oh, with, with, with Tom Brady of, as Myers, yeah. as Michael Shank. It's Tom Brady laughing, seeing that my, uh, Mike Shank joined the Deflategate team. Uh, Bill Belichick is the new interim yeah. team manager. It's spectacular. And then there's a picture of the four the four tires just completely flat as it's running around Daytona. Yeah, I love to know how how low they were. Like what the discrepancy was. It could be shockingly small. It could have been two PSI, but I'd love to know that. Yeah. See, I know bummer. where Colgate University is. That's in Southern Tier, New York. It's not in the commie central of New York in New York City. We had no we've had an alumni of Colgate on the show. Bash. He went to Colgate? Mm-hmm. That's why his teeth are spectacular. <laughs> yeah. I believe he's a, yeah. Second generation, I believe he's a legacy. I think he's nearly a co host. I think there's multiple alumni of Colgate in his family. Gonna have to put 
Welcome, Prosecutor Mahoney, to the show. We are all on our best behavior. Thanks for thanks for watching. We're watching the uh, the live chat as people jump in and out uh, as we as we explain the crimes that were committed down in Daytona. So this weekend, the, uh, the, running, the, the they're running the twelve hours of Sebring, half the race, all the excitement, but half the race in Sebring, Florida. Yeah, beautiful Sebring, Florida. I've never been to Sebring, Florida. It sounds horrible. From the description of the drivers, there's, Sebring, one, there's like got, one hotel within like 90 minutes of the track, and it's just it's super bumpy. And I, my interpretation of Sebring is it's essentially an old Air Force base from World War II that got turned into a racetrack that's been around for like 70 years now, never been repaved. Old concrete, yeah. old concrete uh, runways, whatever is what they run on, and I think it's about as far from civilization as if it was like. Magically, Grissom Air Force Base became a racetrack near Peru, Indiana, where it's like an hour away, hour and a half away from Orlando. It's not close to anything, and it's just where they And go. because of that, it's like the Wild Wild West. A couple years ago, Meyer Shank Racing had part of their car go missing overnight. Some party people, and it wasn't like a little part. It was like the whole front clip of a car disappeared. <laughs> Something integral some to party, the operation. Yeah, some party guys just like went in and just grabbed it and walked away because there's not really a civilization there. There's not really police there apparently <laughs> either. And so, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's because I, I, my uncle went and camped down there and they were basically told like nail things down, like don't leave stuff out. It stuff will disappear. Things, like Philly. Things can be stolen. Yes. Oh, Philly. sweet home. <laughs> they ought to have a street race in Philly. Oh God. No, you get shot probably. All right. Uh, I, I know, I know we're going to start final thoughts here, but I want to share a story because it's important to one of our patrons. And if it's important to our patrons, it's important to us. Andrew Bowman is going to be coming to Newcastle next week to buy a fork truck. He's not moving here, but he's buying a fork truck. And he wanted to make sure that we read it into the record that this show is the reason why he found it. So he's buying it from Cade Coger. I assume Ellen K farms. And he says, listen, guys, if I hadn't started listening to the Chick McGee show, Chick McGee podcast, which led him to Jeff Vibbert, which led him to We Are Libertarians, which led him to Boss Hogger Liberty, which led him to his networking with Cade, he would have never found the skid steer he's been looking for for six months. Now, I'm just going to add on to this. This is actually a perfect example of effective marketing. Yes. And and I, if you're a business owner out there, and this, you're welcome, um, like sponsor the Boss Hog, because this this type of a podcast is so much more effective at getting relationships built, but also you're you're able to transfer the sense of trust, which is something that in sales is one of the most important yet often forgotten aspects is you are trying to not just transfer the emotion of what you're trying to like the, the positive energy you're bringing to the the you know solving the problem, but you're trying to transfer trust to your your customer. So when we're trying to reach out, if you're a business and you're trying to like get more customers, people trust the Boss Hog Show. So you know, tune in and and sponsor and let 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 it just kind of do its own thing because yeah. by default it grows a network, right? Yes, we but, are on a podcast yes. network, but it it creates networking, and the listeners develop a yes. group. They have a Patreon, you know, in our Patreon Facebook group, people communicate and they yes. develop those relationships. Sixty percent of people who listen to a podcast have heard an ad and have acted on that ad. And it's honestly tying this back to motorsports as well. Most of the race cars that you see going around a racetrack, those are not consumer facing sponsors. Nobody really, very few people actually care or, you know, they're not buying Hitachi power products because <laughs> Hitachi's on the side of a Roger Penske car. They're probably not choosing Shell and Pennzoil because they're on the side of that car. 
but it's a way for those businesses to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So there are business to business opportunities, just like there can be in a podcast community or in a local. You know, it's funny. I was actually, networking. I was just reading. Um, so Dale Carnegie classic, you know, 1920s, how to win friends, influence people. And um, he, there was a remake of the book about like applying it to the, the modern age. And uh, they told the case story about NASCAR and why NASCAR is so successful. And NASCAR is so successful because NASCAR is all about relationships. It's about customer centric. It's about building a positive experience. Um, you know, when we went to the the Indy 500 here back in, in Memorial Day this past year with you guys, you know, for me it was a first kind of eye opening experience of like, oh, you actually get to go into like the the garages. You get to hang out with the drivers and. I mean, did we get to watch people hang out with, you know, Carson Wentz before the 2017 Super Bowl? Probably not. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he going out and hanging out with fans for, you know, hours before the race? Probably not. Uh, and, and that's just different access. And it creates this, uh, this super fan mentality where people are not just consumers of a product. They become big raving fans of your product. They become invested. Yes. And I mean, think about it. how many people have seen cars driving around with like, uh, the, the Yeti stickers. Like the, the the brand Yeti for for water bottles, it's a water bottle. Like I have a Yeti right here, right? Yeti, uh, it's just a brand. But I see people put the brand on their cars because they're super fans. They love the product. They are passionate about their coolers. They sure are. <laughs> just like we're passionate about our paper here at Dunder Mifflin, <laughs> and we've gone full circle. Christy Avery reminds us in the chat that uh, Christy Avery Norwex dot biz for all of your microfiber needs. Heck yeah. Christy Avery dot Norwex dot biz for all your microfiber needs. Zachary Burcham. What do you have for us today? And final thoughts. Uh, I don't know if I have much of anything. The weather sucks. Tired of the weather. It's cold. Um, other than that, Harry price is countering your sponsorship with, I think a different Arctic RTC. Yeah. Yeah. Different, uh, different, uh, different insulated. I, I have to menu. say that the dainty Daisy is, uh, is an OG sponsor of the ball. Sorry, Liberty. Yeah. Uh, we are not going to be like the, the commies at NASCAR that don't let anybody, but the exclusive sponsor in, uh, as they, as they took the money from sprint back in the day and ran Altel and Verizon out and into IndyCar and into the arms of, uh, Roger Penske. Yeah, we we will we will accept all, but we are big fans of the day. I like hydro flasks too, Harry. I like hydro flasks too. If, if anybody that can't quite count and you can't see one because it's behind the tail, Brian has three different beverage containers in front of him. So I drink a lot of water. Yeah, seventy five hours I work. No, and he has to, hydrated. He has to go to the bathroom very aggressively. The door <laughs> handle does not survive the operation. So you know what's funny is that that door handle got messed up. Between when I was gone and when I came back. So I don't know what happened there. He's creating doubt. There are trust issues. Now. I don't know if he ever leaves because I run by here <laughs> on Saturdays and I get back to my phone and he's messaged me that he's seen me when I've been running and I run it like, you know, it's not been that early on a Saturday. I feel so bad for Jelena upstairs because I'm here literally all day and all night. No, not all night, but all morning. I'm here at like four. So Zach, are the, uh, you ready to go camping? Yeah. Finally. Are you, are you fully prepared? No, not at all. Because my Facebook memories have come up, and I am—we are now officially beyond other weekends I've been camping before. Yeah, the, I'm. Uh, mine's coming out of storage. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, weather pending. I don't want to tear up. Uh, it, my camper lives at Jeff's house, Jeff Waterson's house. Uh, it's, my summer home has a winter home, and it's at his house. And that's Newcastle Rich right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he built it, and 
So I, I showed <laughs> up. It's it's winters with friends. It's with two other nearly identical campers. Uh, no so room at the end for my cousin. cousin. My, my bullet. No, no, not the way the doors are laid out. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, no, mine's a little too long. Almost, oh, it'd be real close. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to come out tomorrow if I can get it out without tearing up his yard. And I'm looking. We had this the peak Indiana. Is uh, I saw a post that went around today. The acting surprised that it's snowing in March is something that Hoosiers do as their tradition, An annual tradition. Because February was gorgeous. It was. It was. It like was so 70. nice, and you got the you got the taste. And that's when my wife and I started discussing yanking the camper out and maybe getting an early trip in before a longer trip. And then it came time to actually execute that, and it's been horrible. Like I think tomorrow will be the third rainy, nasty Friday in a row. So it's not gotten out. It'll come out to get ready. Mike Mike reminds us that extra use of the bathroom will raise the rent. However, I will remind him that we have a very, very long lease uh, with ah. established pricing. <laughs> no Mike, matter, I'm trying to get no Jeremiah matter, to stop breaking the, no, the door. No matter how many I'm times trying. Brian pees or rips the doorknob off. I'm really trying, Mike. But my, Jeremiah is just so aggressive when he opens that bathroom <laughs> door. He's just excited to get out of that bathroom. One of us walked in with three hydro flasks today, and it wasn't me. Zach, I think as we get through like the 21st of March, we are in the clear. I'm going to call it good. Yeah. This is the final weekend where we have below 20-degree temperatures. This is it. We're, we're good yeah. after this. It was Oh, was it two days ago? Oh, it was freezing. 22 degrees when, yeah. I, when I ran in the morning. It was cold. Yeah. I walked outside to go to the gym, and I was like, I need more sweat. We had a legit snow last weekend. Yeah. Like, huh. like five it was, inches. And, and a matter of fact, it was the perfect snow. Grass covered, trees partially covered, top side of the trees, roads and sidewalks left wet because it, it was warm the day before. It was perfect snow. Andrew Bowman says he's bought a chicken waterer from Farmer Brad, who's been a sponsor, cups from Audrey, a forklift from Cade, uh, many foods from L&K, and he's bought our health Andrew health is plan. like the he's, perfect example. He's self, of a he, he perfect buys listener. it all. And he says he's camping next weekend at Spring Mill. I'm getting tired. My TPMS sensors put on this weekend, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to camp. But the following weekend, I think we're going to go for it. Mr. Brian Nichols, anything to leave us with today? Final thoughts? Words of encouragement? Yeah, um, while things look bad, and they are going to get bad, um, that also means that there are... Just because you've got a, a 18 years of changing diapers ahead of you doesn't mean you have to tell us that the banking <laughs> system's going to collapse. If I'm going to be suffering, you're going to be <laughs> suffering with me, folks. Uh, no, hey, nobody's st- sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be standing up all night with me, just worrying about money. No, um, no. in all seriousness, um, you know, while things are looking rough, that also is an opportunity. Uh, you, you don't have to look at the recession as doom and gloom. You can look at it as an opportunity to help solve new problems. And namely, all, all those problems are going to be money problems. And and also, like, y- you, are, you have a chance now to redefine your product. So I challenge everybody who's listening today to start thinking about what it is that your your company, your what, your yourself, whatever it is that you're offering, just refine and redefine reformat how you might be able to help solve new problems as we're going into a different era. Um, otherwise, if uh, folks want to have some help with that, email me, brian at Um Yes, website should hopefully be ready to roll in the next couple of weeks or so. I am on the Chamber website, so if you are interested in uh, finding me there, it's on the Newcastle Chamber. And then otherwise, if you want to go ahead, I actually have a podcast uh, that's completely unrelated to sales and marketing. And it actually goes more to what we were talking about today with the banking stuff. And that is The Brian Nichols Show, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. 
been on that network now since 2018, right where when you guys started, right? You were 2017? 2017. Yeah, so I was right yeah. after. We'll yeah. check the scoreboard, but our logo says 2017, so I think... I think we have just barely, uh, just yeah, we, barely niched you out on the seniority. The three of us: there was the We Are Libertarians, Big Channel, you, yes. and then the yes. Brian Nichols Show, the, and we were pretty much like the the three amigos. Yeah, that we we were the 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 three legged stool, if you will, the network. But um, if folks are interested, we do. Uh, so I was doing a show five days a week. We we're going to be bringing that down to three, three days a week. Because yes, I am going to need to find some more hours in my week beyond being here working. So uh, we're going to be lowering that, uh, upping a lot of value behind the scenes for our Patreon. So if folks want to get some extra stuff there, uh, just kind of learn more about the world of politics, how it, we can start to solve problems in politics versus just ranting and raving about the problems we see and that they're problems. Uh, we actually can fall, like actually fix those problems. And it starts with us doing things differently ourselves. So uh, the Patreon for the Brian Nichols show is over at Brian Nichols show.com. Uh, and that's where you can find everything from, you know, my, my political self, my, my Twitter and all that in between. So Jer, it's a great time joining you here on the boss hog. And it's nice to be on the other side of the wall today. That's awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for visiting the side of the studio. Uh, final thoughts for me real quick. I just want to wrap up a couple of things we've been promoting and talking about. Uh, Newcastle on tap was spectacular uh, over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, full the entire time of people, vendors, folks that came in from all over the state. Uh, there were there were breweries and distilleries from as far away as Brown County, uh, Hancock County, Indianapolis, uh, Madison County, Delaware County. There were people from all over the place. Uh, Wayne County had some folks represented. Really neat time. Uh, hope that is a long term annual tradition. Uh, like any other time I go to a, a a major event like this, I spend two and a half hours talking to people, and my poor wife, Sarah, is just lost. I've, I'm off in different conversations. I'm talking to Joe Wiley about potholes and how, what he's doing as county commissioner. That sounds about right for you, Jeremiah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> It was that's just the way that the way it went down, but it was it was a good time. See, that's really that's your time. inner northern New York that's coming out because my dad was a legislator for 15 years up in northern New York, and I got to experience that firsthand. That any trip to the supermarket was not a quick trip. Yeah, sign the, up. The, the five minutes to get the milk turned into five hours to get the milk. I, that's why Sarah goes to the grocery store alone now. Smart girl. I, I, Smart I, girl, Sarah. You don't, you don't get in any pickup meetings along along the way to go to go grocery <laughs> shopping. Uh, but Newcastle on Top was great. Rushville, it appears that they had a very good time. I know at least uh, Frances Lewis uh, did the double that we discussed on here about being able to do both. She did the Newcastle uh, trip and then made it down to Rushville. And it looks like they had a fantastic time as well. I mean, just a, how do you not use dark mode on Facebook? Does that not hurt your eyes? I use it on my phone as dark. But Gosh. the white, I don't know. It's just, this is what I've, I grew up on, man. Staring I take the say, sun. My, my brain defines facebook as being blue and white yeah yeah and it hurts my eyes that's, that's just the way facebook is yeah oh don't don't change facebook on me like, again i will like, uh, i'll get grumpy my space was dark you are getting older aren't you jeremiah you're getting grumpy over the facebook's changing colors all right two <laughs> minutes of, two minutes of old man gripey time bought a new truck the last three vehicles I've had have it's been able to have... It's the space shuttle, It is a spaceship. It's a spaceship. The last three vehicles I've had have been able to have two cell phones, because I live that two-cell-phone life, one for one for the day job and one for the podcast. And this, is, I by cannot, way, this is an old man gripe. This is deep first-world problems gripe. I cannot <laughs> connect them both at the same time. <laughs> That's what most? you're upset about? I can't connect them both at the same time. <laughs> Never mind that this, this center stack is a 36-inch TV. <laughs> no, he's, got, he's got a spaceship console. I have, to, 
I have to put if, if somebody rings in, I'm listening to a show because I corporate America doesn't want me to use too much data on my work phone. So if I'm streaming a podcast or something, I have to use my personal phone. It's got to be connected. And then if somebody rings in on the company iPhone, I've got to press like four buttons and wait 10 to 15 seconds for it to transfer over. So I have to hope it hit perfectly or I have to unsafely answer the phone, say, hang on, wait a minute, madam customer, Mr. Customer, whoever you are. I'll be with you in a second while I wait on the computer to all come together so that it can be in safe mode and it can relaunch relaunch Apple CarPlay instead of Android Auto. See, all I'm hearing... And, by the way, by the way, it completely obliterates Google Maps. So if you were somewhere where you needed to be paying attention to what the hell your map was doing, you've got to start over. See, all I'm hearing is that your company needs to get a unified communication system so you can have one device with an app that will ring versus having two phones... That's going to be the problem solved right there, Jeremiah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you should, you I, I don't message, want my customers. You should put stuff on my devices about that. That's probably a software fix. I'm hoping they fix it later on. Anyway, that's my complaint for the day. Other than that, I'm totally happy. <laughs> we will see you guys next Thursday. First night. world problems. <laughs> Jeremiah's got really nice pair of shoes, but he can't.